0: Thank you. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast broadcasting to you kind of live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Lizzie and this is a re-release because it's going to be in our road to when we were young fest series that we have coming out over the next couple of weeks where we're going to highlight some artists that we have already interviewed and potentially will be interviewing soon for the festival. Somehow they allowed us to be impressed this year, so Brian and I are packing our bags going back to Vegas and trying to interview even more of your favorite artists. But to keep up to date on things, here is a reminder to make sure you are following us over on our socials at xemosocialclubx on Instagram and TikTok and at emo social club on the Weird Dumb Expert site. There will be a little reminder later in this episode, but if you are in the Chicagoland area on October 28th, I will be DJing the Monster Mosh After Party at Cobra Lounge, and you can find tickets and more info on that over on Dice.fm. But we're going to jump back into uh, this interview that we did with Max Bemis of Say Anything way back in May. And, of of course, I know a lot of you really enjoy this, and Max is super nice. We're so happy to actually run into him IRL over at Riot Fest. And I was able to finally see Say Anything Live because I've never seen him live in my life. And it was a really, really fun show. So excited to see them potentially again when we were young fest and hopefully run into him too. So here is our throwback road to when we were young fest chat with Max Bemis of Say Anything.
1: Welcome, to the emo social club podcast broadcasting to you not live but here at emo club.tv i am brian
0: and i'm lizzie and we're here this evening with a surprise special guest off the stream max bemis of say anything thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight
2: it's me yeah thanks for having me seriously i appreciate it i appreciate that it it means anything that i'm a surprise guest on anything. Yeah. <laughs> It was a surprise to
1: us. I mean, uh, like I think one, we, w- yes. The last time we talked about you on the pod was when the band was going into a hiatus, a breakup. How, how would you refer to um, what this time has been?
2: And yeah. for the band, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't see us. I wish I could say that, you know, there'll be another 25 years of say anything. How old would I be? I would be 65. I'd be Paul McCartney age. So I think it's oh. unlikely at that, um, so I think it's it's probably accurate that the band is also middle aged, um, and I so yeah. I would call it a midlife crisis for the band, and I hope that it does last until I'm Paul McCartney's age. I really do. I, I don't see <laughs> any reason to yeah. ever. Honestly, even then, it was kind of a lame half breakup. I don't think that we or, or I intended to not make the music again. I just it didn't. It felt so not right that there was a part of me that that felt it it may never happen you know but i i i fully intended actually the opposite like i was intending to do it uh eventually yeah is that
1: why the new song is called yeah, psych yeah exactly and also i was uh, like that's awesome identical. so there's that whole
2: thing <laughs> with the psych war um <laughs> so yeah it's a little entendreized
1: yeah. Um, yeah yeah it's just like a very nice like uh I, I i am a huge fan of say anything so we'll we'll get that off the well, off the bat you. here I that we are that. we since we did that episode we really wanted to like you were like one of our like you know north star guests of like we Aww. have to get like max on at some point because this would just be like a very like nice well-rounding of yeah, our podcast uh, cool. so this is the last episode really thank really you for
2: coming future, on uh, <laughs> context there i like that that's awesome though yeah yeah, <laughs> not just yeah. it's what the girlies call manifesting like a week of shows so Things have actually kind of happened. Um, and, you know, music has been made. Um, you know, there's even been slight dramas behind the scenes, as it always is. Um, and like, okay, here <laughs> we go. So, yeah, it's like we're back in it for sure. And, it, you know, it never really ended. It's like haunted my every movement in a good way, in a good way. Like, you know, um, like in yeah. one of those friendly ghost movies where like Eddie Murphy's a ghost or something. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what it's like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just the haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy go, exactly. in it. but just say yeah, anything
2: is, yeah there we completely go. or like you know he's he's who was he again he was in Lion King maybe I feel like in two different movies he was like oh yeah Shrek he's classically like follow mm-hmm. Shrek around and is like kind of messing with him while trying to help him I feel like that's also really accurate also cool. sketchy sexually and I think Eddie <laughs> uh, you know has a sorted little bit of a yeah. so there's that
0: <laughs> it all it's comes up. together. I never knew we were gonna be making any yeah. I movie. Mean,
2: <laughs> Honestly
0: Love it. As,
1: as many times as we've talked about Shrek on this podcast, just as a random like
2: little aside. So that is the I mean, most it's, like, it's, we feel ab- like he's, like, he's yeah. just I mean, he's as ubiquitous as like Sesame Street was, you know, when we were kids. You know? Yeah. It pops up everywhere. Weird. I mean awesome. Everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. You think he's not in your life, but he's always there. Fucking Shrek. Sorry. Shrek is always there
0: for you, even when you need it at your darkest yeah. moments. I
1: really resent him. Yeah. I'm, I'm
2: having a moment just being like, man, I really resent Shrek for always being. He's, there. Like, he's not even as good as the Puss in Boots movies. I mean, that's a really hard to right. be worse than your own spinoff. You know what I mean? That's, that's how no, bad honestly. Shrek is. Of a person. Is he a person? I think that's the moral <laughs> of the movie, but you know he's just he's like right. us for real he's just... Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's just like me for real
2: yeah uh
1: so let's let's talk a little bit about getting back together you you, you mentioned a couple shows too yeah. so now that you're you're back in the thick of it you're back in the the, the thick of say anything totally. um yeah. what is like how is the reception going how is the the, the vibe been for for being
2: you back know, i'm so fucking when it comes to say anything i'm so like skeptical. Um, because there would be moments where like you know we'd be we'd have a manage, manager and they're like everyone loves the new single man they're big fans and then I'd, like i'd look on absolutepunk.com you know and and they're like this is the end of this band <laughs> i you know what i mean like they're like i literally want to get that down <laughs> Um, but so, so, so it's like, and also I don't, and apparently even that was inaccurate, you know what I mean? Because there's so many people who would then come to a show and know all the songs. So you really can't gauge and you can only kind of read it through like the smaller interactions with kind of like your friends and you know like for instance i'm not engaged on social media whatsoever at all really i mean i look at it but i don't tend to engage on it so like when i do look at it i I find out i'm like pretty backwards of a dad but i'm not that backwards like i'll hear about you know fads or or memes or things like that but i'm like i intentionally and i've kind of always been like this wait for to like be the last person to know about it um and then i'm like okay you know like i'm not bitter because it's too cool or not cool enough i'm like it's gone through the ringer of the hype machine and now i can give it a proper assessment so i feel like that's kind of how i am where it's like i'm just gonna know you know by net, you know when the album comes out or you know but i will say that you know from what i can glean after you know i didn't like jump on the boards that night you know what i mean or jump on instagram and like, <laughs> try to grasp as much glory as possible because that's something i would do when i was like 19 and like it works out at first but then when you start going through like ups and downs in your career you're like wait what the fuck like this was this was an effective useful drug um and now it's not it's toxic and i'm <laughs> overdosing so i i just avoid it by principle and then like when i do but but the people around me have, again, told me that it's, that the reaction of the song is really, really positive. And I have seen people say, the things that I have seen people say about it are what I wanted them to take out of the song. You know what I mean? So that's the way I can definitely gauge that, at least for the people that matter, which is the only reason I'm doing the band, that it's hitting the right notes in terms of its intention, because so much of this band is intentional, um, and so much of it has been misunderstood, which is, to some degree like why i do it is to alienate certain people if it's a punk band at all it's because i'm saying things that are kind of hideous and fucked up and if you don't have the kind of sense of humor to see the irony in it and the meta narrative and almost even knowing some of the history of being the band certain things can be taken completely out of context so like if people if i see that people are getting it um you know catching on to some of the weird easter eggs or or just kind of like um you know referring to a reference point or like an influence that comes out in the music yeah that's great like that's the coolest thing ever is when someone's like yeah it sounds like this band or it sounds like this era that you were or you were trying to convey this kind of theme and then and that has been completely accurate um, and there's a lot of things that are different this time around as well. Um, you know, I've always had great managers, but now I'm basically being managed by like my friends that have kind of grown in the industry and are now like you know managed. Billy Eilish at one point, like everyone who was in like a ska band is now like a fucking executive. <laughs> another. So, like you've seen them, right. yeah. And now they're just my friends, like the people who are actually managing me. Put out is a real boy. Um, so and and two tongues. Uh, so so it's just. It seems very obvious and it's like I don't have to stretch myself so much into like uh, just trying to avoid cliches or playing into them and all that stuff. It's just very like, okay, I can kind of snooze and just write music and love that and love performing and then like step back. And that w- that was really the concept of why this era, the second potentially half of it is going to be really different than the first one because I very much so like lived for the band, you know, identified solely as like the dude from that band, on, like as a joke. And then it was too much. The joke became real and it was like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. committed
0: too much to the bit, exactly. is what I'm hearing. And, and
2: by the time I kind of <laughs> wanted to pull out, Of the bit, like it was almost unfair. I think, you know, I'm not going to judge myself too harshly because I'm like told not to by my therapist. But if I was, if I was going to be real, I would say it's like it was, it was a little entitled of me to go. You know, I did this bit, you know, I committed very much to this bit for, for the first half of this band's career, and then I kind of became happy personally and then diverged from, like, this character that I had created, which was an actual fucking character, you know, like, for Is a Real Boy, there was a narrative. It was, it was derived from me, but it was, like, you know, like larry david on curb is a character like it's literally exaggerated to the point where he's like an actual bad person and so like this with that um and then to the point where like you know i saw a lot of the people around me going down a a wrong path and so i went through sort of a, a confrontation of like my daddy issues and basically prescribing that future to myself but a lot of it came from a like ptsd from my childhood and and before the band but then also the the ptsd of putting my even though i would never take it back but when you do take leaps like writing wow i can get sexual too and you're talking about like deviant sexual behavior you know you're, you're you're basically daring some people who may not have all the whatever capacity for that kind of irony to be like damn this guy sounds like he hates women you know what I mean like I invited that you know <laughs> and that, and that was the risk I took and I kind of had to pay the piper um and you know so, so but it was really freeing to go hey I also you know and, and the people who care about me in the industry and like I imagine people like you guys like you know we're very happy to see me just like trying to better myself and and everyone as soon as I met my wife and started having kids like there was like a little throng of people going like oh we wanted to be miserable but like it was brief and then everyone really <laughs> embraced my family and Sherry and all this stuff. So I think it, it, it at least came across as genuine and it wasn't some kind of like ego driven bullshit. It was just, I was really, it was a midlife crisis. I was like, I am a writer now, none of this, but it was like, (laughs) it's so special. It was really, to me, it was like, I already knew. That's why I I didn't really break up the band. And I said it in the letter, like we're going to come back. I'm going to be bitter and it's like going to be a weird thing. And I guess I'm just not bitter is the only (laughs) difference between what I, projected because it's really fun and i just feel like i needed it i really needed the band i'm not doing it for money or any of those reasons but the character would (laughs) you know so i can still play for that joke of that i'm coming back just because it's like emo resurgence and when we were young but i just needed (laughs) angsty emo music in my life again because i've been through hell over the past few years so yeah
1: yeah i was gonna say it's it's obviously like (laughs) a lot of bands are reuniting at this Mm -hmm. time because of that resurgence and the when we were young. And like, I mean, I'm assuming that because there is such an interest Mm -hmm. in it and they want to fill out that lineup with the maximum amount of bands, they're like, who else can we reach out to? Who is not currently booking a tour right now? We need you to come (laughs) back. It's good to hear that you're doing it for you. And like
2: Oliver Appropriate, uh, the last record, which was like kind of uh, the the epilogue of that character from his real boy. Like this was when like, before when we were young so it was actually pre-covid it was around like me too era i think if you can think about that kind of like pc becoming very hardcore like and and twitter becoming really combative like pre-trump or like early trump era where everyone was like dividing and like it was a really contentious time and one of the things that i noticed you know which was not really related to that was all the bands starting to get back together on the low so it wasn't like when we were young level where it's like Coachella level where it's like everyone could fucking get back together now because they're making a lot of money. But like at the time, which was, you know, 2000, whatever, 17 or something like or 16, it was, uh, it was like braid got back together and like a lot of these kind of like emo bands were getting back together. So in my kind of story for this character, I'm like, you know, he's getting back to, he's doing an anniversary tour for his band that kind of broke up and he's really disgruntled about it. And there's songs on there about, getting a band back together on our last album, which I didn't know would be our last album. It wasn't planned to be, and now I'm doing it. And it's really funny because, it's, I mean, the band is really just making fun of myself. And I, I still am a cliche, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, just because I can point it out doesn't mean that I think I'm above any of that stuff. And I think that's kind of always been maybe the humanist message of the band was like, admit it, stuff like that.
0: Canadian alt-rock band Mono Whales are making a pit stop here in Chicago on their upcoming tour at Beat Kitchen with our besties in Glimmers 2 on October 16th and guess what we have a pair of tickets for you to snag to go and see them to enter the giveaway head on over to our Instagram at X, look for our posts about it and make sure you follow the directions TLDR what you're going to want to do is tag your bestie that you're bringing to the gig with you like and share the post too but do it quick because you don't want to miss out on this show and this contest ends on october 13th at 10 a.m you must be 18 years or older to win I think it's really interesting that compared to so many other acts that we like listen to and just like have their Mm -hmm. album discography of where they're doing these types of concept albums that like tell the story of somebody Mm. else but then they're acting as it it seems like you are your own actor within your own storyline even if course, it is well, different we all but, and you kind of kept it going are,
2: you know and i think that comes from the fact that like i wanted to write before i wanted to be in a band um and i was just kind of a movie geek and a comic geek and and, and when i say geek like that gives it too much i admire geeks i admire people who like toughed it out in like freaking texas like and, and had to fight jocks and stuff like i was in la where like those were the cool kids you know but i was still technically a geek like i i devoted my life to like movies and 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 just dreaming and reading books and thinking about stuff like that and then you know, it was really age appropriate to get into punk music. And so I went with it and I loved it and it was just perfect for me. It was more visceral than like one day I may write a novel or direct a movie or make a comic, you know? So it was like, fuck yeah, I can do this right now. And I love music just as much as I love this other stuff. But initially I was always just thinking about things in that sort of, you know, a dude who's taken mushrooms and thinks he's deep way, Um, you know, so, so Mm -hmm. I, I, and and I also (laughs) think it's funny, you know, like, you know, what you said is awesome. And like, I appreciate it, but I also think it's like pretty hokey. And I, I see that, you know, the only thing that really separates me from like someone who would be like, yeah, it dis- like I'm so sorry to say this because he's nice, but like Jared Leto, you know what I mean? Like where he's like, I became the Joker. I was mailing them like real <laughs> potatoes with blood in the middle and they would have to, you know, like, yeah, um, and he's he's that same way in his band, you know. Like he gets up there, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude, that's like Michael Jackson level," you know. Like he's so confident, but he's not like humping girls' faces. He's like in some kind of weird sci-fi thing that he's narrating in his head, and I admire it. And it's like, but I'm no better because, like, if you were like a Harvard professor or something, you would look at like my exercises in like intellectualism and like meta, and you'd be like, "This is r- ridiculous. Like this guy's just in an emo." Game. And I've seen that. Like that energy started out for me when I went to like Sarah Lawrence College and I was like the bro. You know what i mean like as much as like i'm self-aware and all these things i'm an actor in this thing it's like they're like yeah whatever dude like you just like smoke weed and like you, you know like I, it was just like I, I i was a dork there in a way because i was too norm so i've kind of fallen into that almost more than i've fallen into i play into a character i think that's dumber and a lot of people play into a character that's like cooler or more like worldly and you know what i mean like they're the leader of some revolution and i'm like no like if i am because my self-image tends to be negative like um i've risen above that over time but like i'm an insecure fucking person as fuck and the only way i can be secure is is owning that
1: yeah i found like with uh let's let's go with another like concept Mm -hmm. thing of like my black parade three cheers too it's like i think it tends to be like i want to tell a story Mm -hmm. that is autobiographical i'm using quotes for the listener but it's not quite about like it's not like gerard is saying this is what is happening to me he's giving like a little bit of like i can separate myself from the art in that way and and like the way you're describing it is exactly what i liked about say anything is like there is no separation Mm -hmm. here even though there is it's still very much like cool
2: and i've never really thought about it that way but it's true because that is the distinction i think what it is is more like you know if gerard is like you know, Spielberg in that scenario, and he's telling these really cool big stories that, you know, spin out of his psyche. I tend to like as much as possible, make it a blatant, Thing like I mean God for you know forgive him if he was guilty but like I grew up a lot with like Woody Allen and people like that and mm-hmm. it, and even if you look at like Kevin Smith you know, like all his movies are just like his friends mm-hmm. chilling in a fucking mall it's blatantly you'll have the main guy and even if he's like a super handsome dude like whatever he's still just Kevin Smith like they just talk like mm-hmm. and he's bla- he makes fun of the movie clerks in the Jane Silent Bob like that's definitely yep. the thing you know where where but. <laughs> (laughs) At the same time, like, you know, Silent Bob isn't exactly like him. And even Jay you know for that poor actor dude who like went through all that shit like i'm sure there are times he's a great example where he's like i play into this thing of being like a complete idiot and i do talk like that but it's me at my worst and so therefore it's more amusing and like my art is making fun of myself so why would i sit there and be like god i feel good today i'm sober yes and like there's some moments like that and say anything that are really sincere but like like you said where i'm using like an interpretation of my own events embellishing it um and also interpreting it in probably the worst way possible you know what i mean so like molly conley like that wasn't a real person um it was just a collection of of my insecurities about being in a band you know um that it was selfish and misogynistic and i just wanted to be as honest as possible and i admit that to even bring levity to that is almost problematic but i think i can't help but be that kind of problematic you know like i always will you know in a way apologize and be like i hope the next generation has a better go and they seem to you know what i mean like hotelier or or like um modern baseball or front bottoms like there's a little bit less of that toxicity but i think unfortunately i grew up with a lot of fucking toxicity in my family Mm -hmm. in my teenage years and then especially the early years of the band so i think it's something i have to address and now especially coming back it just is what we represent to people was rising above that i think and making fun of it and feeling like being able to laugh at it and feel like there's some real emotion in this scene that was becoming really contrived and like you know the people who initially like is a real boy were like into brand new and into taking back and all that stuff which i love but were able to go okay but i'm starting to feel a little bit weird here because there's dudes (laughs) like you know and it's like i'm feeling a little bit like everyone's getting stuck up and it's not what it once was and that in and of itself became almost like a prideful thing where it's like i'm above this so it's just a very it's a post like scene Thing, so I can't not address that. You know, I wrote the last album was about like a literal, you know, a closeted homophobic serial murderer. You know, (laughs) like the guy from American Psycho, and it's like, but then who would stop Brett Easton Ellis from writing American Psycho just because it's a comment on a part of him that feels closeted? He's like open gaming. So I just think it's like I hope that maybe like with like stuff like podcasts and uh social media blah, blah blah blah. but like in the sense that it does get more integrated where people in bands or young people you do see that though because like, i'm so sorry i'm rambling so bad right now i like no, had please. coffee is, i love listen i awesome. love
0: this media analysis yeah. let's go yeah,
2: please. <laughs> well i just think you see like the people that my kids like you know what i mean like like oliver tree is my like younger kids favorite like they know all his mm-hmm. songs and everything But he's doing what i did essentially he's more than just a dude in a band he's making fun of himself he's like like really earnestly enjoying it he enjoys fashion but it's like ridiculous fashion and he also is like a comedian you know so i think that's almost like where to this day i'm still striving to do more of that you know i wrote comics i continue to do that and um you know I, i i think my mistake in going i'm a writer was going like I can be both and I don't have to like resent this part of myself because I love it. And the only reason I resented it was because I was psychologically fucked up and letting it like run my life. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it definitely serves as kind of like relaying back to like movies and films and the context of it all is where if we have so much access to things, we have to also acknowledge that once we get to a certain point in time, like 2023, the way that we interact with so many other people and think is wildly different from 2003.
2: (laughs) It's too much.
0: it's, It's like so different, but you know, you can't, you can look back and absolutely like look at things like, you know, for example, um, if you look at like American Pie, yeah. you're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, everything was that's terrible. Course, but yeah. then if you you look at it now, but then you can use that as a teaching moment and say like, mm-hmm. wow, this is what it was like back then. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have improved, but these are the things that are still here. So how exactly, do we yeah. live within the society where it still is? How do we work to fight against it and to better it?
2: And like, th- like that's kind of what, it what. you're saying, you know. It's like if you're if the people who made American Pie were aware like i think first of all i loved it at the time i was like 13 i was the core audience right but i will say you know something like you know like spike jones movies or you know what i mean like those movies were like goofy and shit but then they'd be like trying to predict in a way within the art where this was gonna go whereas something like american pie to me is the equivalent of like the strokes as much as i loved them at the time it, their first few albums were just like as present as they could be, and the coolest thing it could have been at the time, I think they grew out of that, you know, and they're just like a classic rock band. But at the beginning, I had a hard time with like indie culture there, because to me it was like American Pie, like they weren't seeing the misogyny. Even me at the time, seeing American Pie, I couldn't relate to just wanting to lose your virginity. You know, I I was still a virgin when I saw it and I didn't care about losing my virginity that much. I just wanted like <laughs> a love and a girlfriend. And yes, I wanted to do that, but I wasn't like one of those guys, you know? So I feel like mm-hmm. it, just the awareness of a, 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 as universal as you can get and as empathetic as you can be, that's all you can do. Cause I'll never be as woke as like my kids. You know what I mean? And that's good though. Like, why should that be? If they got less woke, we'd have like idiocracy and that'd be terrible. They're way smarter <laughs> than me, you know, like they're way more. Yeah open-minded i want to be antiquated i just want like i'm not going to try to not be you know what i mean i just am so but i'm also like only 40 and you know there is kind of like a like gervais again another problematic person um but he, he, he did the office like he he was literally like in a terrible failed band did worked in an office and he did the office at 40 so it's you know i there and there's other people like that too so those are the people i look up to in the sense that I, I there are you know I do love writing I do want to still do that stuff but I think I couldn't do it without saying anything also just being in a comfortable like part that isn't causing me some kind of weird middle age reaction to it you know because it was very weird it's
1: really interesting because like I think when we when we even talk about like the emo scene coming back and like the yeah the fact that it was the early two thousands misogyny and all that and like separate i know we there's a lot of conversations about separating art from the artists and all this stuff and, yeah. and i'm not going to tell anybody which way to land on that but certainly yeah. like there is a sense that like if it is a time capsule and it is yeah. like the 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 time that it happened but and it still exists as that time capsule so that we can know what it is about it but then kind of just like say you know i'm not going to watch american pie and then go do american that's right. pie that's a really or like,
2: cool point like yeah. you know there should be a, and there should be a movie that's making fun of those movies not in a sort of like scary movie way but like a, <laughs> you know a, a early 2000s retrospect i mean to me like we're talking about doing certain things for is a real boy's 20th anniversary which is crazy but that's next year and you know at this point you know for instance the first thing that came to mind when you were saying that was like hair metal so like or like 80s whatever like boy george and stuff but more Mm -hmm. so hair metal because like it had this resurgence even amongst like indie snobs when i was like in high school where Mm -hmm. you'd wear like a you'd wear like a queen's rank shirt and it was like cool it's like and and it was ironic (laughs) so i think emo is kind of like that to a lot of people but Mm -hmm. then there were bands that came out of that sort of resurgence that were like um you know, cave in, or, or more so, what's that band? I'm, I mean, it's literally an amazing band. That I, I have such ADD that my mind is, is like, you're not going to think of it now that you're scared. <laughs> Mastodon, <laughs> Mastodon. Yeah. So like that entire yeah. oh, Macedon, of like yeah. post metal, I think kind of only became successful because there was like people looking at that shitty era of metal and going, well, that could have been cooler. Like you know, like there was so much wrong with that shit, Spinal Tap wise, that like. Mm-hmm. What if you took the best parts of that and ran with it? So to me, that's what like Oliver tree and Melanie Martinez are kind of doing. Like they're, they're taking the emo and they're going into like the, the, the richness that comes with like hip hop and pop. And like you guys said, it's eventually going to not mean anything. You know what I mean? Cause you can be in a bar and hear like a Def Leppard song. And you're not really thinking about that. The song's like probably about like a 13 year old groupie, you know what I mean? but <laughs> I mean, and some people yep. get, get away with that shit for real. I'm like, thank God I never did that stuff. Like, because, I, but I was a terrible person in certain other ways, you know what I mean? Like, I, I certainly, like, I was just by being like a bad friend or ghosting someone who cared about me, who knows? Um, or, or when I was like manic and didn't know what I was doing or even saying. Like, I hurt a lot of people. But I will say, like, again i do think there's something to be said about separating the art only in certain contexts like if you do have like a really mm-hmm. cool so and, and I, obviously there's like the extreme of like lost profits that man is not going to get there
0: yeah no her. that's like a they're absolutely riding, not
2: one hundred are not taking a special errand <laughs> on the uh, you know like all right buddy You know, it's a big, it's a big show. (laughs) Come on, come on out. We'll put the cuffs on Con Air style. You're going to Vegas. Um, No, that's not happening. I'll take him (laughs) out. But I will say that like certain things that were like, uh, like I could hear a song and like, I have a big issue with the band brand new. But I could hear, like, some, like, sick transit Gloria or something in, in, like, a hot topic because I'm going to, like, get my little dude's ears pierced or something, and I'd be like, (laughs) and it would be funny, and at the same time... (laughs) gross you know like so i feel like my mm-hmm. job is to I- acknowledge that you know what i mean like i when i played while could get sexual at these shows and i i actually said i would never play it again or at least for a while mm-hmm. during that me too-ish area era so it had been a long time it didn't feel it, it, it didn't feel gross and i actually used to feel gross like even right when it came out i felt kind of gross like i was i got married shortly after that so i'd be thinking about this like really sordid moment in my life that was completely misinterpreted by so many people as to be an actual mm. pedophilic act you know what i mean because i'm saying the girl's young but she was like a year younger than me you know i think she's like now yeah. i just feel like she's my age if not more mature because i still know her and she's really nice she's a good person like and, and also we were friends Ends. Like it was in no way like a misogynist act because she was really cool. I just felt bad that like if there, if feelings were going to be involved, you know, was I less involved than her? And so therefore, like I was afraid of being misogynist. And I think that's really, and maybe I was unintentionally at certain points because I can't speak to that. I'm a dude, so like I, I really that might have been more misogynistic unintentionally than i meant it to be but i would never willingly and i was so afraid of being bad to people in general i'm so codependent that speaking about it in the way i did on that song was certainly not glorifying it if anything it was it was a joke about how shitty we all are when we're following that like instinct but and women too and that's why like or or everywhere you know all over the gender is immaterial when it comes to that because i don't think every like lady or someone who's not a dude singing that song is just going yeah i was once that girl i think that they're going yeah i felt like that too like i've laughed myself to sleep over like frenching some guy at a show and then being like fuck him, and running away with my friends like I think it's just universal, um, but I use this character, you know, like you, I think American Pie is a really good example. It's like a Stifler-esque <laughs> character. I mm-hmm. think I actually talk about Stifler um, on, that's weird, on the new record. I mention his name. There we go. Yeah, oh. and, and I'm using him to describe toxic guys. I, I, the line is like, like, I hate my influence on Stiflers. So that's weird that you brought that up.
0: Mm-hmm. Mega mine energy. Look at yeah, us exactly. okay. <laughs> <Damn. Yeah. laughs> I yeah.
1: think like what's so uh, I'm in a cover band. Cool. So I'm I'm so sorry that I oh, said that. Are you
2: that. kidding? Um, I started out covering.
1: It's it's uh it's an emo cover band. Amazing. So we we play while wow, I can get sexual can too. You
2: imagine you play it. Amazing.
1: Yeah, I play it. Um, it's one of my favorites to play because it's just a fun a, song and the audience like during a set. Is- Right. yeah exactly a breather. <laughs> Um, yeah the uh I, I the audience just seems to like to go, oh I know this song and I'm gonna sing mm-hmm. along to it and and like you're saying obviously their connection to it is going to be uh, different depending on where they came from exactly. like being around the same age like you know, you can't take away that we might have had an experience that is talked about in any song like the experience happened the experience exists. Whether it's good or bad yeah. down the line is kind of immaterial because no. it's like the experience no. happened. Yeah, but I I think it's like there's just a lot of people who are. It, it, it's interesting to me because it is so autobiographical for you. Yeah, and then how many people hear a song like that and insert themselves into the character that you're you're writing about and creating. I- and then determine the, the song and the content of the song based on their interpretation of the character as it appeals to themselves. Like, how the oh, are you doing because to- I,
2: I, I, no one can, I'm too weird for anyone to really know the real 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 me unless we're like sitting here having this conversation. Like it's I really mm-hmm. do think that, that's what it's for. It's just that, you know, people who are like me, I guess when they do art, whether it's like me or someone who's like a pretentious avant-garde artist who like himself sits in the, um, you know, gallery and he's like, come touch me and he's naked and he's like, you know, like it's that kind of a postmodern thing where it's like, it's not, I wasn't the one to come up with that. You know what I mean? Like there were plenty of people who did that sort of self-aware shtick and it was really my attempt to as much as I could let people know what the deal was and there was obviously it was going to inflame some people but the people who got it would it would be easier for them to do that to project into it and it would still be abstract because yeah like there were people who related to that song who were straight up like the worst people of all time i know them they were in bands and they sucked and they loved my music but i will say like you know there were more people who were i think compassionate who were able to like find the way into that and occupy it because other songs that were like meant for, like, for me, like, I always loved, like, you know, uh, me without you and pager of lion and stuff like that you know but there was less especially at that time those guys would not admit to being like fucked up you know so in the sort of like intellectual end of emo or like you know at the drive-in weren't going like and then we did heroin and we got tempted to sign to a major label we all got on coke pretended we hate each other and we thought we were gonna be even beatles and the next nirvana but we didn't so we started two new bands like you know i want people to be able to listen and be like okay so this guy I isn't thinking he's above me, so whatever I did that makes me feel like that, certainly he's no better than me. You know what I mean? Like he's not some hallowed, sanctified hero. He's just a lot like me, and happens to devote his life to like perfecting, being honest about it in a funny, I guess, in a you know, catchy or or inspiring, emotional way. You know, like that's <laughs> I, I never want, and I do see that it's almost sometimes hard with my fan base because. The only times i have a hard time is because they just they expect me sometimes to be okay in a way that i'm not um not because like they think i'm better than them but because we all feel like shit. And I think they've seen me go through so much shit that they're like, dude, like this guy probably woke up this morning and maybe sharted and his kids were ran out the door. (laughs) And so they see me and I'm sweating and I'm anxious. And they're like, beam dog. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally like your friend, who you know, is (laughs) fucked up. And so you're like, how are you doing? And he's like, you know and it's so like that's the interaction with me and the fan base and that's what i want it to be but there are times i'm desperately unhappy like my mental illness is seriously bad and so like there's some stuff on this album i guess that would be more real more real than anything i've ever done because what i went through the past few years was so traumatic that it's something i would almost make up on like Hebrews to, to express my fears for being a father and like loving Sherry. And it actually happened. There was shit where people tried to take my kids. There was shit where, you know, um COVID, like the social um whatever like climate of covid really was toxic for the place that i lived um and and i love a lot of the people who i was going through stuff with it's not like i suddenly like hate a bunch of people it's like taking back sunday and now we're on war terms but, like there was like serious shit that went down that, I, I mean that when i when i explain the situation that inspired this album to people they're like oh my god and we'll laugh because it's so crazy and it starts with like kanye and goes all the way to the, the kid shit and it's a very very intense thing so so for me to write about that it was almost in character because it was so crazy that it i couldn't believe it was really happening compared to some of the other stuff
0: it's like i that that entire time i feel was definitely such like an out of body out of mind type of moment so i think that you're able to put this into like an album to talk about all of this and now I'm wondering on this album, obviously we have references to mm-hmm. stiffler. We have references to Kanye yeah. or Ye. Yes. What other references are you drawing from to use as kind of like an yeah, artifact? Oh my god, for it's I'm
2: gonna be honest, it's all that. Like to the point of being the joke and also very serious, like the cool thing of what you said about how like you and your friend got along because he likes anything like this is written for you guys it really is and i think it's universal in the sense that like yeah like the songs are are kind of like you know like i guess like alive and hate everyone they're more like accessible and like just big anthemic fun emo songs like Kind of what we're known for i guess rather than like weird little fi eclectic like, but lyrically they're built for people like there's layers and layers of easter eggs to the point where like it's a great question because every song even like psych the one song that we released you know if you go through it and i feel really contrived even saying this because it's like who's going to take the fucking time but if you're bored and you're on the toilet and you're looking at the lyrics um you know even like the first thing to come to mind is like the last verse talks about you know blink and you'll miss like the moral and that's just like referencing blink 182 and how you know people kind of missed out on the profundity of like what they were doing um uh, and then like the cum is spread the days are done that's like you know the band broke up and now we're getting so if you know the history of the band i mean to the point where at the very end of the song i get so awkwardly honest about what i went through that it's like people probably are like that was really cool but like what the fuck is up with the ending and that's what i intended you know, Like, <laughs> i wanted it to be uncomfortable but also the most like comfortable Experience like there's songs referencing like my friends like Forrest from you know hello goodbye and like using him in some dumb pun with the word forest you know it's very it's it's so self-aware that it's it's it goes back around from being like a joke to being like you would put it on and by the way if you you may hate it by the way so i'm not assuming but if you're with that friend who you bond over your experiences loving say anything or even that kind of music It's built for that it's built for putting on really loud in the car and you're kind of embarrassed when someone looks over and you're like rocking out to like blank you know like (laughs) it's just like making fun of but embracing that experience i guess so it's all a reference in and i really appreciate that question because it's like right on it's right on with what the album is so far yeah
0: are we ready to get spooky and also throw down in the pit Of course you are, and you're going to be able to do that on Saturday, October 28th at Cobra Lounge with our besties, Wolf Road, and us doing the DJ After Party. Other bands like Cut Your Losses, Ghoul for a Goblin, Luca, and so many more are going to be there to get you riled up and get you ready to Monster Mosh the night away. For more info, visit Dice.fm and search Monster Mosh. The show is all ages until we get to the after party. Then it's 21 Plus, sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon.
1: You, and I was thinking about this today, like getting prepared for this. Uh, It feels like you are... Kind of like the center point of all emo. Like Kevin stuff. Bacon. Like,
2: I'm not, I'm not, you're like, yeah. But like, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you know, like, you yeah, know, it like, connects to me 100%. The seven
0: degrees of Kevin yeah. Bacon. I love using that theory and like almost every day. Yeah. And, like, I mean, and, 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 and my not anything beyond courses. emo though.
2: Like, you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't connect, you know, Joe Biden to me. I'm like a random Jew from LA. But in terms of just this small, often ridiculed subgenre, i really am the, like i there's these guys i know who are like in bigger part almost like maybe b- way better you know at music That like jeremy Enoch from sunny day right so mm-hmm. that dude has spent most of his career like a weird hermit traveling the country with a backpack like just praying and like being deep whereas i kind of got shafted into the entire like generic emo band experience you know we were on doghouse we got upstream to a major label we played work tour we played bamboozle and it was like right in the at the when it reached its peak it was like my cam got big and we were supposed to be kind of the next one of those bands and we didn't become commercial we instead kind of created a weird cult fan base and then started taking out bands like front bottoms and modern baseball and we almost became more aligned with that than the bands that got big commercially like we didn't you know we didn't blow up in that way so to me it's like i skirted both worlds of when it became cool and when it became really uncool you know like we did warp tour <laughs> probably the last time it was big and then it started going mm-hmm. you know and we're like oh shit <laughs> and it was really funny to us because we're like i imagine you guys were where you can start to find things funny about the scene and we're, we're like young people didn't realize how young we were like people thought we were the same age as my cam and get-up kids but we're like a good five to ten years younger than some of those people so we were like the annoying little brothers who could like who could name like the first yellow card ep and also why it's funny you know what i mean like and, and love it but love it at the same time like we're not like snobby vice magazine people like we love that shit we're also young enough to be able to go okay this is like problematic or it's or it's goofy or and contrived and you know i think that's another thing that that caused some resentment for me because I cared too much what like Pitchfork thought, you know what I mean? As opposed Mm -hmm. to realizing that they were becoming a joke too, you know, even beyond me. Like I thought I was the only one who's like, fuck this shit, but everyone was sick of it. And that's why there is a Mm -hmm. emo resurgence and it's kind of respected. And we became a Pitchfork band. Weirdly, they write about us. And I, I appreciate it. Like, I don't hate Pitchfork anymore because it's like hating I don't know, like any actor who like like uh, who's a dude from SNL who like dates a bunch of celebrities and um, oh,
0: Pete Davidson.
2: Yeah, I actually reference him too. I I feel like I have more in common with him than Kanye. You know, just like I, I think you can go through that, and it's just about do you weather it, and can you make fun of yourself? Will he make fun of himself in ten years that he was like out, you know, doing that stuff with a matching outfit to Machine Gun Kelly? You know what I mean? Matching whatever. <laughs> overall i I think but that doesn't make him not intelligent it's just about if you can look back and and evolve and you know and be self-aware enough to not be like oh because a lot of those bands became so pretentious and they were like thought they were better than their fans they wanted to be radiohead as soon as they got big they're like well now we want to be opening for the shins like that's an actual Mm -hmm. story of someone i know one of these bands, and they're a really good band, good person, but they actually fire their agent because, you know, they were touring with us and, like, Hot Rod Circuit, and they're like, why didn't we get the shins to a bro? And the agent's like, <laughs> I-, I don't know what to say right now because you're, like, <laughs> Long Island emo
0: Yeah, like, the shins are not <laughs> the vibe right now, yeah, but yeah. maybe later?
2: Exactly, but they didn't care. You know what I mean? They're like, we should be. Um, They don't see that we're influenced <laughs> by them. You know, it's like, there's a weird mentality or resentment. But again, I think we were young enough to like, to grow up with like Blank and and, um, bands like that, that didn't take themselves that seriously. And um, we couldn't, you can't fake coming like that. You were always cool when you grew up listening to the Ataris more than any other band. And I think to this day, I will put on like the second Ataris record and it's better than a lot of indie rock records that I... Occasionally listen to. A few Animal Collective records are by far worse than, than like, uh, what's it called? Blue, Blue Skies of Broken Hearts. Yeah. X-
0: Th- that's a correct statement right? for most other albums besides those two glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that conversation many a times, actually. I do. Actually.
2: All the time too. When, when I first got in, when a Riot by Paramore came out, I would piss off everyone on purpose by comparing it to like Radiohead albums that were not as good. You know what I mean? Like, with the one after Kid A, um, what's it called? But it was, like, the second one that was exactly like Kid A, but just kind of weak. You know what I mean? Like, you still look back, and, and if you were reviewing it in rolling stone, you'd be like, it's a brilliant compliment. Yes, it's a little derivative, but it's them. It's Radiohead. You know, for me, I'm like, no, this fucking album's way better. Listen to this shit. She's like Bono. You know, so I, like, that was my thing, was, was you know, that's why we did In Defense of a Genre, was to, to, to annoy people who expected us to be too cool for it. Just because we were making fun of it, because I I still earnestly love it.
1: Yeah, that, that's where I was going to say. Like, you've got the the most email credit by doing in defense of the genre, getting everyone together, doing a double CD at that time was also ballsy as fuck.
2: So it was that was pretty pretentious as fuck. You know, like I, I mean. <laughs> I couldn't I, I appreciate you thinking about it that way. And, and I just don't I have I have imposter syndrome, so I can't see the bald in there. I just felt impetuous because so many people were like, you just had a pretty big album, like you could literally be a huge band if you just played ball a little bit. But I'm like, I can't. I I really there are things yeah. I need to do artistically. I am not willing to in any way sacrifice one song on this record. And because you know, I was kind of one of those like Billy Corgany, like weird. It's the guy in the band. Yeah. Let him do it. He wants types. They couldn't get away with like putting me in the studio with Chad Kroger, um, and having him write the songs, which was suggested. But that's okay. Point. That's awesome. Though. Say anything, about butt <laughs> rock not, arrow. Not too so much. Not so much. Don't bring. <laughs> Would you do that now?
1: we get you in the studio with Chad
2: Kroger now? That's such a good question, and I almost said yes, but unfortunately it's no. And that's probably just because I have kids and I don't have the time for Mm -hmm. something like that. He seems kind of funny and smart, and I actually do think, I remember when their first song, this is how you remind me. Before you kind of knew what they really would be, I was like, this is another pretty good, like, stained-type band that, like, wrote a really Mm -hmm. fucking good almost like 80s metal power ballad this is not bad and then they got kind of sucked into the weird like sugar ray like celebrity rock thing and i started to obviously feel weird about it but i would do it on a lark if i didn't have kids that i have to take care of i would just be like i bet we're gonna get along i bet me and the dude are gonna understand each other on a deep level (laughs) we just like it
1: I think that like as we've gotten more like obviously with the resurgence and everything with TikTok with everybody kind of getting involved in all this stuff yeah. the memes have just gotten a lot better about it I mean, and like that, the acceptance the of this guess. stuff
2: you know what I mean yeah. memes
1: yeah so like the idea of like we were so harsh on nickelback we were so harsh on like um I mean even like at the, to continue the the topic of in defense of the genre at the time it's like yeah it's kind of weird like they could have just done this but now we look back at that and we go, oh, let's like revisit that. And it's like, you know what? Actually, like we were weird about it at the time. But why were we so weird? Totally. It kind of rules. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's
2: totally context. Yeah, you know, like those records that, like, the Get Up Kids, Saves the Day, and the Promise Ring did all at the same time. That were like Beatles influenced and completely failed, and they all literally hated life. Or, like, <laughs> it literally spun them out into dark paths. All, every one of those people. Um, <laughs> oh wow! But. But then you listen to it five years later and it just sounds like band of horses or something like they were actually ahead of the curve. Um, And then there's other things that are just kind of like, if you listen to like Copeland, it's like, Oh, this is just like a cool pop song. Like it's like, you know, it's not, you don't think like, Oh man, it's so poppy. Remember when poppy was a big thing. I don't know about man, this new one's so poppy. It's like, we don't give a fucking shit now. We're like 40 years old. If you hear a good Miley Cyrus song, you're like, Damn! All right, Miley. Like that's some poppy shit. That's good. You want it to be poppy, so I agree with you entirely. It's like the double album thing. Who cares? At this point, it's like just yeah. on Spotify. Like people are just gonna like seek out the songs they like. It's not like we're like, guess what, motherfuckers, another double record, which I think we're going yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not gonna. You know what I mean? It certainly isn't gonna do what it did. If anything, the only thing I could anticipate, and I hope this is true, is you know, for people who've been waiting to hear us for a long time, if the more songs we do and the more things we do or chances we take, it's just kind of interesting and fun. Drake. I mean, come on. Like he does everything all the time Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, when are you doing all of this? And people don't have enough time to be like, man, that new, you know, 21 Savage records, too much of a departure. Cause the next song he's like doing another like hardcore, you know, like it's just very Mm -hmm. like, that's that's how art, in my opinion, should be. um Where it's like there shouldn't be so much like weird pretentiousness and restrictions on taking risks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, with that in mind, obviously we we kind of want this genreless kind of society in a way yeah. because we kind of get a lot of yeah. really cool stuff out of it. What are some artists that you are really grasping onto now? Mm-hmm. Whether they're new or they've been around for a while, but ones that are like you're just like yes, like. This is fucking rad. I'll be
2: dead honest. So, like, it's, it's first of all, all the stuff that I like, I still pretty much like. There's there's very little of it that's, like, aged badly to me. Like, I can still listen to, like, The Rocket Summer. You know, I still feel like they're awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I also feel like the, the truth is, if I was going to be dead honest about, like, what touches me the most, it's, like, hip-hop music now. And it's been that way for a really long mm-hmm. time because it's—I started out— like my first tape was like whoop there it is and i would like learn all the words to tupac songs and that's probably why i guess my lyrics are more lyrical or whatever because i like it took work you know to sit there and be one of these as you know if you did that it's like you just you'd all sit there with your friends and it's kind of like a weird sub like almost like a passive aggressive contest like who knows every word to the biggie song and it's like you just feel cool when you know all of them, um, and so that was in there. Um, and then I just dove so hard into punk and indie rock that it was like my job, in a way, to be immersed in it. And when I finally was like, "I'm going to be a writer," I basically turned to music that I felt like I could a relate to. Um, maybe not on a literal level sometimes, but like in terms of like the mentality um, and and what it was aspiring towards and also stylistically like i i love wordplay um and and i do find it to be becoming more and more genreless you know what i mean like if you put on like a kendrick lamar record now or something or or tyler the creator like those to me that's like the new princes and and um you know bob dylan's are are those guys and so but that i don't want to dismiss you know my peeps you know like boring white people <laughs> who play indie rock because it's like There could be just as many of those bands and there have been, you know, like I really loved the hotelier. I loved all those bands that came out around that time and were almost taking what my band and other bands like that did and just made it better and more like less problematic and more, uh, I don't know, intellectually stimulating. So I love those bands. Um, and I like what my kids listen to. I like the pop they listen to, you know, we went to go see Melanie Martinez and it was like, I cried. I legitimately cried, <laughs> um, and so I like I like anything really to some degree as long as it's kind. It's very much the same shit I always liked, but like you said, it's it it doesn't. It's a genreless thing in terms of what I appreciate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Does this mean that there will be another say anything cover for a Punko's Crunk in the future?
2: I don't want to spoil it, but there will be something a lot, maybe better than that. Oh, yeah. All but right. If Punk goes cronk calls, I would be tempted. It's just that it, <laughs> the only reason I wouldn't is because of this other project, basically a covers project that I'm doing, mm-hmm. which is basically a more meta version of, of that funny thing where it was like comps and we're playing the Michelle Branch. You know, it's like that, but it's <laughs> meta. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And I really do like playing other people. I mean, you would know, you know, being in a cover band, it's like, that was why I started playing music. Before I even had written a song, I, me and Kobe were playing, you know, through being cool from front to back uh, in parents' room, you know, room and blowing out the, um, so I, I still love that. And adding my own thing to it, I think is really fun. Um, so so I would say a 50-50 on punkos Crunk, depending on who's involved. Yeah. I mean, if it was the same lineup, I'd have to pass. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, me and, and Kenny Vasoli and all those dudes lining up to do, like, Migos songs. I'm not doing <laughs>
0: no. Not the
2: Migos song yeah. cover? No, I'm really glad that died before all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At least it's a little less... Yeah, it's uh, like Drake. To so the old heads.
2: imagine, like, boys like girls covering Drake. That's intense. That's a lot. Mm. You know, you'd have to be very emo in that moment to handle that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like the same would be like who would cover a Juice World song? Who? Like, mm. like who would? I, I feel like you would have to be like really in your feels and just like be
2: really. Oh, yeah. Someone's gonna. Cover you need it to know. Peep. You know, like it's yeah. dark. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like, no, nah, I, I can't. It's it's come to full circle then. When it was like covering, yeah. you know, Usher that was like they're far enough apart that it's ironic in this case it's just like awkward read the room yeah you know what i mean
0: yeah uh
1: you also i i want to shout out um our friend adam siska who i know used to play with you for a little while he's one of my favorite people
2: he is amazing uh, robbie rob with like rob Got, are you from Chicago? Like that scene?
0: Yeah, we're in the yeah. we're in yeah. Chicago. Uh, yeah. So I
2: we recently became friends with Robbie Rob, um, who I think was from that world too. And like a lot of my friends were in that Chicago world. But it's it's really another one of those scenes that was so cool to me living in LA, which there was no scene legitimately that I want mm-hmm. to live in Chicago and go see the Alkaline Trio and like all that stuff. Yep. Nice <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're at the place where we're like. I'm so tired of seeing Alkaline Trio. I've seen them so many times. Yeah. I've heard these songs so many times. So they're it's, like, it's
2: have like, some people. <laughs> it, it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show of Emo in a way. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, then and like
0: Rise Against, like again, like I yeah. love Rise Against, but I'm pretty sure in one year I saw Rise Against at least a minimum of five times. <laughs> like
2: one of my favorite bands, I think, was like that in like the early 2000s Pie Balls. They're literally probably my favorite yeah. Emo band, but they would just somehow be on every show. They'd be on every mm-hmm. show to the point where you're like, hey, well, you know, I don't know what to do now. You know, I like, I'm, I am i don't know what to do with this <laughs> energy because I, it makes me cry and it makes me happy, but like, I don't have anything left to give you, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and all those like Alkaline Trio guys are sober now and they're like singing, they're like, jaked on beers. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Siri, we're all sober. We're all watching it. Like, oh, shit, I was something else. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we,
1: that we filled an hour really fast. This was so fucking cool. Yeah, this um, is so I, I, like fun.
2: I, I. This was amazing, and I had the best time. But I do feel self conscious of how much I talk constantly. But I'm oh, glad no. that it made it. Be the, me. The, here's the thing. And you guys are really smart. too. Yeah. I think we're all the, we're like the three musketeers. <laughs> we all talk. There we yeah. go. I, it felt even, but even though I felt like it was like a perfectly matched. Bunch of intellects dancing amongst each other in podcasts. I still mm. felt like a fucking dork, and I felt like I couldn't shut the fuck up. I mean, you're the guest; you should. Yeah, be the you're one. the guest. The, the big that. thing is, I hate that. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> the big thing is, you know, you have a good interview is when like you hardly talk or you talk yeah. minimally. So I
2: hope that's true. Okay, that that helps me. Because, it
0: is. Uh, trust me, yeah. I work in journalism and I teach journalism, and that's right. what I tell my okay. students.
2: No, you're right. <laughs> because as a listener. You know what i mean like you want to hear the person talk italy probably more than dax shepherd but then like dax is saying oh, that is, i hear you yeah that's yeah.
1: why like the celebrity podcast and we are not we are just a couple of nerds from chicago yeah we're a couple yeah.
2: bozos
0: from chicago
1: yeah <laughs> sorry you couldn't get the celeb podcast and you, you get got get us two assholes
0: together
2: and <laughs> i'm the biggest fucking celeb there <laughs> Actually, Listen, we're that's, that's we're only funny, the we're not. only the
0: third best podcast in Chicago technically. So we are
2: like my band in the scene. Yeah, we're we probably be See? seven, I think maybe eight. Sometimes we don't even make that top ten. You know, like uh, buzznet list. the best pop songs sure. of all time. I'm like, come on, man, just give me one. You know, it's like above <laughs> us. Is, yeah, there's some questionable stuff above us. So. It's like give hey. me a
0: treat. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: sitting here with my kids. And they're looking at me like I'm weird and I'm a waste. And I want to just go look, look on your iPad. Great. <laughs> <Number laughs> That's... Just go search. You'll I find me. It's going to be yeah. Like, yeah, go kids tell your like friends. Your music? They do, they do, and I feel really fucking lucky that they do. They make fun of me all the time. Uh, my daughter, mm. oh, shit, I my, it looks like my phone's. I'm four percent, but I have to say that like my daughters will go up to me and literally go like. Hey, tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. <laughs> uh, well, before your phone you dies, like, you listen to your emo. I'm like, yeah, gonna listen to your emo Martinez. Well, yeah, wow, wow, Melanie, woo, 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 Oh, I'm so like we make fun <laughs> of each other, but she's right there. She's like, hey. like <laughs> kind of judgmentally, but also amused, which is basically what I get. <laughs>
1: uh well before your phone dies if you want to toss out like any uh well i mean if you have any shows you can announce obviously when we were young when the record comes out and anything you want to like let people know say, like, it's coming out soon you,
2: um just to stay tuned to to all those streaming services because i think we're going to kind of release things east meal instead of doing the kind of like uh you know old school model of like you release an album and then like wait two years you know what i mean we wanted like now that we're kind of back i, I want to be releasing stuff as much as possible and engaging in that way because i'm not good yet with social media. i don't let myself do social media i had a bad experience i left like we'll see mm-hmm. um but i do know that i want to put more songs out than we usually do so just kind of like you know there are some bands where they just don't release music for a long time and you kind of are like All right, like see a cursive, but then they come back and they start releasing a lot, and you're like, oh, I can now I can look at the Death Cab like, uh, iTunes and there's like, oh, they did an acoustic record, like, so I think you you know we're at that point where you're going to see more things in general, and I would say you know to anyone who actually knows who I am or listens to any of these records to like, uh, it's a sad, uh, you know, uh, plea, but to like check out my comic (laughs) stuff because it's it's a whole other end of me, and uh, if you do like, let's say, Israel Boy. Um, and that kind of stuff that I did, like the comics are exactly like that. It's not like you're going to pick up my comic and it's suddenly like, you know, Game of Thrones, like really serious, it's very <laughs> weird and meta and I'm inserted into a lot of it. So yeah, Marvel Moon Knight, uh, start there. Maybe Marvel's Moon Knight. I do what worked on that. Yeah. I'll say, check that out. Cause. I'm a marvel fan so yeah, check that, that out uh, oscar isaac killed it yeah he's not a though. it's a little it uh, uh, should have should have come to the floor <laughs> uh, no he's he's hot <laughs> yeah yeah
0: correct I mean,
1: he's, you can't beat that. him and pedro pascal are just running it right now I mean, this beard compared to that beard it's i feel i don't feel good about myself when i look <laughs> no. jew or no jew
2: uh well max this is this is just. This has been fantastic, dude. Yeah. Thank you. I, that makes me feel great. um I'm gonna go back to what I usually do, which is like basically just sit and like plug different things in USB C cables. I'm like, shit, that one are not work, and I have to look for the other. And that's really most of my time. I don't like do anything exciting uh, or go out to bars and see other people like this. No,
1: I'm
2: yeah, with the cables. So I'm gonna feel really yeah. good. Like when I can't reach one, and I'm like, "Fuck!" and I'm like pushing too hard. And I'm holding my breath while my hands under the table. I'm like, "Ah!" Oh! I'm gonna pick up your guys' faces <laughs> and how you actually yeah. were touched in some way by this because that's real. Like, I feel I ha- I have imposter syndrome. I can't really. I'm gonna try to soak it in, but I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Like I really yeah, appreciate it. it. Means a lot to me. Yeah.
0: You know, trust uh, me, this has been mental health for us as well. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> we'll have a great night and um, maybe I'll make my wife listen to this or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: it'll cool. be out on uh, Tuesday. Awesome. So, oh, quick turnaround.
2: That's rad. Oh my God, amazing. Yep. Thank you for doing it. Yep. And um, if you guys want to come to one of the shows, um, let me know and we'll say hi in person. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let uh, us know whenever uh, you're in, in Chicago. <laughs> we'll, we'll hang at the show. Yeah. Hell yeah. For sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. That was great. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you.
0: I hope that got you just as excited for When We Were Young Fest, as we are re-listening to that. And maybe we'll see you there. Or maybe you'll just follow us along on our uh, Instagrams and see a lot of our little antics that we get up to in just only a day in Vegas. But we'll be back next week with another podcast episode. I have been Lizzie and Brian is, I think, furiously editing more videos because I just keep getting more Riverside.com updates in our emails about different things being edited. So, bye!